When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, you, to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And I got my right-hand man, Farouk, here with me, dude. How does it do? Um, well, I do not know a definite answer for that question, but I could say, like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's going, it's going. Yeah. Right on, brother. Yeah. Well, dude, I wanted to open with this, just a little soft softball. Roller coasters. Yes, sir. And I told you before <laughs> you went that you were going to love it. So t- break it down. What? Where did you go? What did you do? So uh, what happened is we hit, we hit over there around 11 a.m. in the morning. Uh, uh, as usual, I was like, any friends would go to Six Flags. So over Georgia, yeah, over the over Georgia, Atlanta. Yes. So, uh, like you know, just get stoned in the parking lot, then go ride some roller coasters, and that's what we did. So uh, first of all, actually, I took uh, a skyscraper ride. So in which you know you go over there and like swinging, you are just rotating, oh, you, and you, you see the just, whole city. You just flirting with it right yes. at this point. So like yeah. the, the big swing where it picks you up and throws you around. A little yes, bit. yeah, that was that was my first ride, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was getting you in the zone. Yes. Then I basically, you know, did you tried, ride the Batman? I did try every single roller coaster, Superman, Batman. The Euro one, I don't know. Like the Euro one, it does have a name. This is the biggest roller coaster in the world. <laughs> it was the most enjoying shit ever. Dude, I love roller coasters. Oh my! So, uh, dude, I'm telling you, is uh, so many. I've been to so many theme parks like roller coasters. It doesn't matter if they go 85 miles an hour, if they're doing loop de loos or corkscrews oh. or whatever it is, right? This is I'm 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 in it, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that and you, and you know, like the uh, the crippling part of it is like where you start second guessing yourself is when it starts taking off and it's going up that hill. Yes, and you're like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> right? I mean, but once it goes down that push oh. of adrenaline, oh, the hands go up. That's it. That's that's <laughs> exactly it. that that the that is the moment when you realize that you know you've done the good thing. This oh, is yeah. the best choice right oh. now. Oh, you're doing Just it. Just enjoy it. Oh, you're yeah. in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. So, like, uh, the Superman was my least favorite. What was uh, what was your favorite ride, if you remember the name of it? So, I, I'd i say, I'd say the uh, Sky Screamer, because it, it was my first ride, and I was, you know, pretty high, so it was great to be up there in the air. Oh, really. yeah, just swinging around. <laughs> yes. But I think I think 
I think my my favorite ride, even like a sober person, would be the biggest roller coaster in the world, like the yellow one. I don't remember the name, but wasn't a Goliath, was it? Yeah, was yeah. that it? I think so. I haven't I haven't been there since they built it. Like uh, their newest roller coaster. Last time I was at that theme park, mm-hmm. they had just finished the Superman. Yeah, and. Uh, it used to be. I don't know if it was still there. Was the Georgia Scorcher still there? Uh, it's like right when you walk into. I think on the left. Yeah, I think so. I think still it, you there. stand up on it, or you can sit down. I think. I yes. Think, I think yeah. There right. is one you could sit down, and there is one you could stand. Yeah. Just standing right there. Both are there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is still there. Dude, they had this one ride. I'll tell you that this is funny. Yes. Uh, my grandmother, dude, she was in her sixties. She's like old lady, right? And she wore these big hoop earrings. And they used it's tore down now. They replaced. It. I think they replaced it with a Goliath, if I'm not mistaken. But they had a ride called the Ninja. The Ninja. Yeah. Okay. Roughest ride, <laughs> dude. She got on that roller coaster with two earrings. She got off that roller coaster zero with zero. It was so rough, like her earrings left her body. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I know, like I had, I had to leave my watch. I had to leave my phone. Yeah. You know, before the ride, I had to leave everything before the ride. So yeah. Yeah, and you never really want to be the hero. You don't want to be the guy that's trying to film while you're on the ride. Yeah. That doesn't do anybody any good. I mean, it is fun. Like, let's just say, like, it's a virtual reality. Like, you know, you can do that over the Oculus or whatever yeah. else, and like. But, like, the experience, I believe it to be the same thing as going to a rock show, is you can have your phone out and record it, but wouldn't it be better if your phone was just left in the car and you just experienced the show? I'd agree. 10 out of 10 times, I'd agree with you. Like, just live the moment and yeah. embrace it. Yes. Be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, like, uh, like... Six Flags Over Georgia. I mean, what do you scale it? Like, uh, if you like out of five, one to five, what do you say? One to five, I say seven. Oh boy! <laughs> oh yeah! It's a scale break. Oh yeah! <laughs> well, dude, we got some groundbreaking stuff to do. So there has been some uh, fascinating breaks in physics. And if y'all don't know, uh, my boy Farouk has been on this podcast two times now. And if you are unaware, uh, go back on those episodes because uh, he is uh, studying physics. Uh, I don't think it would be far-fetched to call him a physicist because of the work that he is doing. Uh, You may, if you are inclined, you may read his paper one day on what he writes about and what he studies. But uh, here lately, there has been some fundamental breaks in uh, reality and quantum physics as we know it. And I wanted to um, tell you all about it. And uh, I don't have to play the dummy because I am the dummy. And Farouk here is going to walk us through it. So quantum entanglement? Quantum entanglement. So uh, the story basically is uh, <clears throat> before quantum physics, before we know that such a thing could exist, we only had our view about the, po- the about the world from Isaac Newton, right? So Isaac Newton basically, uh, I mean, you could see his equations everywhere. We still teach these equations to high school students and like 
college students till now. Yeah. And I could tell you like the force is just the mass time, the acceleration, but it's just details. The very core of this theory of Newton about the world is basically if you tell me the specifics of the world right now, like the position of every single object in the world, and like the velocity of these objects, I could tell you I could tell you exactly how these things would move tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, till forever. It's 100% deterministic. There is no uncertainty at all. That's where we are right now. That's basically, right? Till we got to describe the world on a very small scale, like on atomic scale or subatomic scale, Newton theory fails dramatically. It doesn't work at all. So we had... We had to come up with a new theory or a new mathematical framework that could make sense of nature on that small scale. We call the theory now as quantum physics. It's entirely different about it's entirely different from Newton's description and I'm going to tell you why right now. So I told you about Newton that it's 100% deterministic. There is no uncertainty at all. Now, given that you could tell me the position and the velocities of the objects in the world, quantum physics could tell you the probabilities of that scenario to happen tomorrow or the other th- scenario to happen. So you have like spectrum of scenarios in front of you for the whole world to evolve into in the future. And I'm just telling you, scenario one could happen with probability, for example, 30%. Scenario two could happen with probability, for example, 50%. You know? Okay. So it's, it's, it's entirely non-deterministic. Okay. It's inherently uncertain. So let's back up a little bit. Yes. Uh, let's define... Just what is quantum physics? What what does that delve into? What is that? So it's it's all physics basically is uh, is just human trials to make sense of nature, right? We're just trying to make sense of nature, like why the universe works the way it does. Okay, actually, more specifically, how it works the way it does. So, uh, quantum physics basically is dealing with the whole universe on a very small scale, subatomic scale. You're talking about tiny particles. You're talking about atoms and subatomic particles like electron, proton, neutron, Mm -hmm. just very tiny creatures. So, this this is basically how quantum physics or like what quantum physics is describing right now, okay? Mm -hmm. And so far, it has proven to be very successful, you know? It's it's really successful track of science to describe this realm. So, I don't know if I answered your question. You did, and just, just to push the question a little bit further, like, what is the point of quantum physics? Like, what, what are you trying to accomplish? 
So uh, you mean application wise? Yeah, ap- yeah, the application. So right. application wise, like let's leave the theory. Like, what does it look like in the real world? So you could only imagine. Okay, so basically. Now we're trying to revolutionize, like make a good revolution in the whole tech world by replacing what we know as classical computers by quantum computers. What are quantum computers basically? Well, in a layman terms, they are super fast. They are super powerful. And you cannot compare them with classical computers. Like the PC you have on your desk or like the laptop you have on your office. No, you cannot compare quantum computers to these. Simply because the classical computers that you use, you know, they use RAMs, they use hardwares, they use, you know, softwares, they are... The, the all, you know, tangible things in front of you. But quantum computers, actually, they use atoms. So it's actually some kind of chemical reactions going inside that computer. So let's, let's break... Maybe I can help with this. Yes. Like with, like, my simple mind is from going from binary to one and zero with the computer code. Quantum... Uh, computing and quantum physics would allow us to accelerate the processing of these computers to where, like, we could we could, we could have one and zero at the same time. Okay. Not one or zero. Right. Yes. That's 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 exactly the point. On classical computers, basically, it's based on the binary number system, which is basically you map everything to zero or one, right? Yeah. But. <coughs> You, you cannot have the two possibilities at once. Like on a classical computer, you cannot have a pitch that, that tells you this is zero and one at the same time. It doesn't work that way. But on a quantum computer, yeah, it's zero and one at the same time. Why? Because it's zero with like, for example, seven, 70% probability and one with 30% probability. Yeah. So you would have them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just for what like people understand today, for my understanding of it is like let's just say we're using Microsoft Excel, which is a very binary one and zero type of program. Uh, this would open up to where like, and, and maybe that's not a good example, but like it would open up to where like the formulas and uh, the things that you're doing, it could think a whole lot quicker, a whole lot quicker than you could to where like you could really blow out yeah. uh, whatever you're trying to produce yeah. Actually, at a faster is, rate. Yes, yes, sir. Actually, there is a research track which is pretty active right now. It's called, I guess, quantum machine learning. And I'm pretty sure you have heard the term machine learning before. Yes. Which is kind of... for those listening, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. which is kind of self-explanatory. It's just you tell the machine how to learn and then you expect that machine to think and give you some kind of product. So basically you would go over that program over that quantum machine learning and you would tell, you would put all you would put all the observations that you have about one specific phenomena that happens in nature. Let's just consider for example uh I know any any subatomic phenomena that could happen. For example, you would have uh, 
hydrogen hydrogen is just uh, h2 mm-hmm. if you grab hydrogen and oxygen right you could form water yeah. h2o right sure. yeah. this is a chemical process and it's actually governed by quantum mechanics laws so you will go ahead and teach that computer how this phenomena actually works in reality then that computer would spend some time learning about all these observations and by the end of the day it would tell you some kind of law about how the whole process would go it would give you some kind of equation moreover actually it should give you some predictions like if you change that reaction with that amount what would you what would you see okay so it's it's a huge track application wise over the technology uh, not only not only the computers you could talk about sending uh, encrypted information like if i if i'm like let's just imagine that you know you want to send some kind of secure information it's highly protected you know you don't want anyone you don't want anyone to know about this so you would encrypt it some way that it looks like a code and only the person who has the key for that code could you know decode the message and read it right so the classical ways of doing this are way less efficient than how the quantum computers do it okay. it's basically unbreakable like if if you take a quantum computer that encrypts some kind of information and you compare it to a classical computer that it's trying to break that code down to read the message. I think it would take the classical computer maybe one million years Jeez. to decode the message. Wow. Just send me a four-word statement. Just four-word statement. Yeah. It would take classical computer literally one million years to decode this message. Why? Because it's highly encrypted. So yeah. this is next level stuff. So uh, with what you're studying now at Mississippi State, you've wrote papers that are now published. And like what you're focusing on right now with this talk is this is quantum computing. And so the, like this is what uh, this physics means for the computer world, right? Yeah. And so this is taking like uh, a text message or an email to a whole new level. And it's also like... Uh, with the way that our computers compute things like no longer one and zero no longer one or zero but one and zero to a point to where like these things are thinking stupid fast yes yes (laughs) and that's that's scary that's scary yeah in a way because like so many people would you know be a little bit suspicious about how ethical this could go like this machine could learn right you just give it some observation and it will learn by itself and give you some prediction about whatever observation you have been feeding it but like you could use it for you know non-scientific purposes Mm -hmm. just let me be explicit you could use it for violence Mm -hmm. right you could use it for wars Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's already taken place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And this is a scary part about it, which is 
So far, we don't know a damn way to teach machines how to feel, right? Like, if I'm, if I'm doing something wrong, as a human being, you would recognize that this is wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you think back to, like, during the, uh, uh, the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, uh, the whole world would have been nuked. If it wasn't for this one guy who had feeling, who just didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. Yes, sir. And so, like, I don't know if we could teach a machine to feel that way because uh, here is my disclaim, and I know we may have disagreement here because you approach the world through science and I approach it through faith, is I don't think, I believe in a soul. And I don't know if a machine can have a soul. It would be the same as if I thought that a dog had a soul. No, a dog is just a living being. It doesn't. It, it it's not. It doesn't have the the same function or yeah. the capacity of a human. Um, well, now now what we're talking about right now is more of philosophy than science. And don't get true, me wrong. True. You know, I mean, yeah. philosophy is. I mean, science is just one patch of the whole chart which we call yeah. you know philosophy yeah. or basically epistemology okay so we do not like what you're saying right now is 100% legitimate scientific question but so far we don't know an answer to like are we really able to teach machines how to feel how to have a soul i do not know i don't think anybody knows but we should figure it out. Like, I think if we are careful enough about this, and everything is pretty much calculated, we should be safe. But as you know, human beings are just dumb people. So, like, as we do all over the history, we're just trying to kill each other. Yeah. And which is kind of disappointing, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to go too dark, but like, uh, <laughs> I mean, everything that we do is just, it just appears to be a means to an end. And that end is just for us to have power over the other. I mean, let me tell you this. This, this is true. I mean, your point of view is valid. But as a scientist or like as a person who is like involved in this kind of business, I don't think you have to worry much about this because if you do, you would just stop and not do anything. Yeah. Because you, you're you feel scared. So, uh, so hopeless. Right? Like this could be, you know, something that destroys the world. Yeah. So I don't think the people who are involved in science should be worrying about this so much. They should be investing their time and thinking in doing science. But don't get me wrong. The people who are monitoring the science process, like the governments, for mm. the sake of speaking, that's where it gets fishy. This is the point this right is now. Where it gets this fishy. is yeah. Because, like, I what, mean, was you... it not? Uh, uh, I, I want to say it might may have been. Uh, I don't think it was Isaac Newton. It may have been Albert Einstein, uh, but one of them, one of their discoveries in the realm of science led to the production of the atomic bomb albert einstein yeah albert, albert einstein and, uh, yes sir and he and on his deathbed he regretted that because he knew the the possibility of what it could lead to he did he did actually what happened is uh so 
But I've like, been I've been talking. Let but, me. Yeah. Yeah. Go, no, you go. You yeah. Go. So I've been talking about Newton. The people who develop the quantum physics theory or the quantum physics science. So you have Albert Einstein. You have uh, Werner Heisenberg. This is a German scientist. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Erwin Schrödinger. I think many people know Schrödinger, like by Schrödinger's cat. Mm-hmm. You have Paul Dirac. You have Nils Bohr. You have so many people. But uh, during the Second World War, actually, Einstein had to leave Germany. He, he actually has been kicked out of Germany. And he came here to New Jersey, right, to uh, work at Princeton uh, in the U.S. But at the same time, they were working on building that huge bomb that would, you know, finish the fucking war. You know, mm-hmm. just the side who has the bomb first, that's it. This is the winner, okay? Mm-hmm. What actually happened is the German... The Moab, the, the mother Germ- of all bombs. Yeah, yeah. The German actually had the idea first. Yeah. Actually, Werner Heisenberg is a genius, oh. you know? He had... Most he, Germans are, but like as history plays out... Yeah, like since the, time, the they, end they, up, they they end up being on the wrong side of the war, that's, right? That's, uh, I mean, yeah. I respect Germans, but they all end yeah. up... And the wrong side. And I don't mean anything bad about that. Yes, same. But that's just the way it is. Same. It is the way it is. It's just historical fact. But actually, they got the idea first, but they didn't apply it. They asked Heisenberg, do you know how to make this bomb? And he said, no, I don't know. Actually, he knew. But he didn't take that step because he actually anticipated how many casualties in would his, be in there. In his conscience, he could yes. not. So, but like what we're talking he about, he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter to Einstein. Okay, and at that time, Einstein actually he was like, "Okay, let's end this." He was like, "Okay, I'm gonna make a deal with the U.S. Army to tell them how to make this bomb, but not to use the bomb, just to threaten the German so they can quit and we can, you know, end this war once and forever." But what happened actually is we used. We used um, the bomb. Japan. Yes, we did. Twice. This is why he regrets this. Actually, what happened is, before, uh, I think uh, his name is Roosevelt, like the president. That's right. Yes. That's right. So, he actually wrote a letter to him to tell him that we should not use this. But that letter never reached the president. It never reached the president. This Imagine is that. what, yeah, it's just, and that that is my fear, like with, of, uh, with all of our scientific gains and what we're exploring, because like all the talks that you and I have had, just since we've gotten to know each other, and like you've kind of introduced me to what you study, and Barty is like when it comes to astronomy, astronomy, and like all these things that we know is like the last thing I would really want is for the people in power to know this. I would rather the people not in power to know this, right? But, but this is, I mean... But there's no escaping it. You know why there is no escape? Because science get the money for doing science from the people who have the power. That's right. Right? It's, it's, it's government funded. That's it. That's it. So, you know, you... Know, you you might think that you're playing with your own rules, but you're actually playing with your own rules because they're giving you the money. Yeah. 
This is the money that you use to do this kind of research. And you gotta respect this one way or another. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just... That's just it? Yeah, it's just it. So, to get back on task... With, so, uh, yeah. I, I would like to spend a little time with, um, with you and what you've been doing. And I know it's not exactly your passion, but you know a whole awful lot about it with quantum computing... You've covered it quite a bit. Is there any anything else you could share or would relay with that? So basically, um, let's talk about quantum entanglement, right? Let's go there. Yes. So what's quantum entanglement? Okay, so we have this new, brand new theory that, you know, tries to make sense of nature on the subatomic level mm. with... You know, probabilities. Yes. It's just the statistical probabilities. Like, this scenario would happen with, like, this percent probability. This scenario would happen with that percent probability. So, at that time, actually, Einstein didn't believe that this, this is a real thing, you know? This is not a science. And this basically because... Don't get me wrong, Einstein did understand how quantum mechanics works. But I think he was just so arrogant not to believe it because, you know, he has the special theory of relativity, which basically states that, you know, there, we cannot transfer information faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Okay. So he had this. He jokes had this on him, though, right? Jokes on him, exactly. But uh, he had this paper published. It's called Spooky Action at a Distance. Okay? And let me tell you why. Oh, here we go, buddy. Yeah, spooky Imagine, action yes, on the distance. This is, this I, is, I love that. Yes. This is, this is basically what entanglement means. But nowadays, there is nothing spooky about it. Okay, nowadays we we understand this. At that time, why why do you think they called it spooky? I don't know. They just showed the name. I don't think they I don't think they have written the paper in English. They have written the paper in in, in German, right? Mm. I don't know, but like yeah, they call it this is what we know it right now about. Like they published that paper and the title was Spooky Action at a Distance, you know? Spooky. Yeah, this is hilarious. I want to write, write a song named that. <laughs> I'd love to listen to that. But here's the idea about this. If you have two distinct particles, two distinct entities, they are, if they are entangled... What do you mean? Like, this is down to the neutron, electrons? Yes, yes. Two subatomic particles. Okay. Like, two electrons, two photons, you know... Very tiny particles. Entangled means that they are basically the same object. You cannot treat them as two separate entities. How is that? If I'm, if I'm telling you that you have two particles, so you could react and say, okay, I'll take one of them and go to Mars. Okay. Okay? And do some experiment on that. Would you figure out what I did? No, because you're on Mars. I would. If they are entangled, I would instantaneously. This is what entanglement means. Oh, that's where we are now. Yes. This is, this is the oh, point you're breaking right it open now. now. There you go. That's so, good. That's good. So if I, 
I have this analogy. I don't. I I hope you would make sense of it. But imagine you're reading a book. You have a book mm-hmm. open in front of you. Mm-hmm. There are some information on each page of that book, mm-hmm. right? This is classically speaking. So you read the first page, you gain some knowledge. Flip the page, you read the next one, you gain some knowledge. Every single page is separate from the following one. But now, in case of entanglement, you wouldn't actually understand what's going on in every single page. You would have to open the book and look at several pages at once to make sense of what's going on in so, there. So instead of one, it might be two or it might be four at this point. Might be so many. Might be so many, right? This is what entanglement means. So you, the, wouldn't, you wouldn't these know. These things are just wrapped up inside themselves. You would just... I mean, you're going back to the same idea, which is just you treating the whole thing as one entity. Yes, it's composed of different particles, or so many particles, or so many objects. But collectively speaking, they are all one thing. It doesn't matter how far apart they are. This is a core point about this right now. Okay. So the distance between them no longer matters. So you could talk about teleportation. And this actually, not yes. Only, not only that, but it's just like let, I, I think I know where you're going. But this would be this would be take teleportation out of it just for a second. But just the way that we uh, give information to one another, whether it be by text message or email, like this could be way faster, almost as if you were, even though you're not in the same place. But it would be instantaneous because it's Yes sir. It's I there. mean I mean you could just expand this view and imagine you are on one side of the universe and I am on the opposite side of the universe and you're sending me a text message using quantum entanglement and teleportation and I would receive this message instantaneously. Man. Just imagine this. It's it's insane, right? It's insane. And this actually takes us to uh, Nobel Prize 2022. Oh, let's go. So we have uh, Sir Aspect and uh, Klauser and Zeilinger. These three people, they actually work theoretically and experimentally on the aspects of uh, quantum entanglement to prove that this thing is real and we could make good use of it, okay? So two people of them actually worked on developing the theoretical background Mm. of how, you know, we understand entanglement. Mm. And one one person who is an experimentalist, his name is uh, Zeilinger, Anton Zeilinger, I guess he's German. I I don't really know. But uh, sounds German, <laughs> yeah. But uh, this guy developed an experiment that can actually teleport information using quantum entanglement. Using, teleport. Yes, you have. He basically. So it can be at the same place at the same time, or just. 
Yeah, exactly like that. You just it just goes. Yes, it just goes. So I mean, when I'm talking about information, just let me clarify this part. So I see you because light mm. falls down on you and reflects on your face and like on your body, and it comes back to my to my eyes. So I can I can collect that you know photons, so I can see you. Yeah. Okay. This is this is the information I'm the talking idea about. Of a, the geometry on like it's a photograph. Yes, it is exactly. It is. That. Exactly. Like, that's why we had the flash and the old yes. school and all that. You yes. would talk about information as pixels yes. if you want. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to break it down for those listeners. Yes. And so, myself. Now imagine instead of I mean you could have so many photons entangled with each other. But let's just break it down simply to two photons. Just two. Okay. We have two photons having some kind of information. They are carrying some kind of information. And they are separated. Mm. Okay? We made sure that these photons are entangled. At the first moment of creation of these photons, they are entangled. Now take these photons and separate them by whatever distance you want. Measure one of them. And by measure I mean... Okay. Go ahead and see what information is carried on that photo. So just to make it real, let's yeah. just say that I was given a photon here in Mississippi, and you went back to Egypt. Egypt, yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Opposite side of the world. Yeah. So are we on the same page? Yes, we are. We are. And you go ahead and like see what what that photon is doing. Me. Without even measuring the photon I have, I know what it's doing. Why? Because they are intense. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They are the same thing. I don't even have to measure it. Yeah. This is what teleportation means. Once you know it, once you know it, you know it. That's it. My goodness. This is the point about entanglement. And you could, you know, you could expand this to more than two particles. You could have so many different particles. Like, imagine so many people spread around the universe, not not Earth, around the universe. Like, imagine one over Mars, one oh, over Lord, another galaxy, one, you know, maybe, you know, 70 light year apart. And we all would get the same information because they are entanglement. What we call... We call this as correlation. Okay? Correlation basically is correlation. like... Yes, sir. So, let's imagine this. Let's imagine that you have... You have an electron, okay? Let's imagine this very classically. An electron, without, without so many assumptions, is just... We call it an elementary particle. It's a positive charge. It's a negative charge. Negative charge. Yes. It's the a proton is a positive. Yes. Yes. So, let's just imagine that, but, but it does have a mass, 
Okay. okay. There is a mass for that electron. So you can treat it as a ball. Just imagine you have a ball and I have one. Okay? And we were playing catch or something? No, not like this. Okay. This ball is spinning. What it means is spinning. Imagine an axis through that ball. So we're pitching so, earth now? Yes. So it's just, it's rotating around itself. Okay. So if you curl your fingers, your right hand fingers, and your thumb is 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 pointing up, this is called spin up, okay? Because it's spinning in the way that you curl your fingers, but your thumb is is, is pointing up. Okay. This is called spin up, okay? Spin up. Yes. Now, if your thumb is pointing downwards, he's booing me now. By the way, this is called spin down, okay? Now, let's imagine that the electron that you have and the electron that I have are entangled. Which means we have one of these three possibilities. Which are, either the two electrons are spinning in the same direction. They're both so they would be up. thumbs up or thumbs down right. at the same time. Or maybe one up and one down. Okay. The significant point about this is you don't have to measure them both to know what they are doing. Once you measure one, you know what the other is doing instantaneously. Like imagine the electron you have is spin up and we know that they are entangled in a way that one is up and one is down. Once you measure yours and you know it's spin up, you know for sure that mine is spin down. Now you imagine this, right? I'm almost like, like, I don't know, when it comes to like a human experience, when it comes to like meeting other people, is uh, there's different ways of putting it, but I'll just put it as a vibe. Mm -hmm. Would that make sense? It's like, let's just say that you and I had never met, and we were at Dave's, and we got to having a conversation. And like, let's just say I was a thumb up and you were a thumb down. And, like, we really got along. And then, like, let's just say you walked out for a smoke break and I was sitting at the bar. And, um, like, we were somehow, like, just kind of connected to one another to where it was almost transmitting information into where we met in the middle where the band was playing. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, yeah, I was meaning to talk to you about yeah. this. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, we're trying to make sense of the very small particles by using analogies of like the big particles that we see in everyday life, like you and me and the ball, you know, and the yeah. ball, you know. It's just, we're trying to make sense. I'm sorry, we're trying to make sense of these small creatures by visualizing how. Would it go over a bigger scale? Right? Like you and me. Like uh, the analogy you just said. You and me. We're not tiny particles. We're not electrons. No, we're beings. But we're just trying to make sense out of it using, you know, ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it is, it is correct to give you some kind of visualization about it. But it doesn't apply to... Everyday observation. Normal. Like, yes. Yeah. It doesn't apply, you know, to big particles. Is there any kind of anecdote that would help people kind of understand what we're saying about the thumb up and thumb down and the way thumb up, thumb up, and how these things are interacting with one another? I mean, the analogy about the book, 
that you're reading and you would only understand what's written in that this page. Book. Yes. If you only, you know, open several pages at once and try to read them at once. I think this, this is the way that, you know, clarifies what entanglement means. Right on. Yeah. Okay. I'm with that. Yeah. And so with, with what they're finding, I mean, what does that mean for us? Everything. I mean, if you could, if you could expand this to be, I mean, right now we are trying to use this in technology and like industrial business and we're we're heading there you know but maybe i think in 50 years from now that far i i don't know i'm just i'm just speculating maybe 30 maybe 20 okay. you know maybe tomorrow i really don't know but okay. like it really needs more effort and more people doing this kind of research to you know get it applicable to industry but if you imagine that this is applicable right now it's uh, it's star wars star wars buddy you know it's just uh, it's it's a fantasy movie that you watch over netflix or like youtube or whatever yeah, you know it's so just far fetched huh? but it's going to be true it's going to be true okay. like i don't know you could imagine you could speculate literally everything. You could speculate teleporting a human being from one planet to another in a second. Mm. Why? Because you, me, and everyone else are just made out of atoms and small tiny particles, right? If we could get this arrangement of particles teleported so fast to, to another place... Such that you get there as Alan, not as different human being, or right? Or just a Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is a scary part about it. But just imagine that we could do this. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. I Game mean, changing. You know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Imagine having super fast. Like, dude, imagine having, having th- super having fast Thanksgiving computers. with my family, and I'm having Thanksgiving with Farouk's family on the other side of the world, and I'm about to beam up. Yes, yes. I imagine this. I don't think... I don't think... Humans would ever need to work again. They don't need to do work. They don't need to have jobs. Because now we have the technology that can run literally the whole world without our, you know, intervention. Without human help. At all. Oh, what a world to fantasize about. I mean, let me tell you this. Elon Musk speaked about this. So it's not it's because not my own speculation I, right I, now. I, like you could have so many questions, like how people would live, how people would make money now. You're right, right? This is a legitimate question because like machines are doing everything, but machines are not getting paid. But people need money to like get food and we are eat. the only people on the planet that need Food and I love seeing those memes to where like, you know, those just animals in the wild and be yeah. like, like, oh look at me, I'm a human and I, <laughs> and I have to pay taxes just to be and I have to pay rent just to live in a place. Yeah. It's like imagine. 
I mean, I think in the, in that kind of scenario, you would have like equal distribution of money, like the government of the place or like one country. Well, I think it would be the elimination. Would go over distributing the because, money. Because I mean, like with this talk, it would eliminate what we call uh, the means of work. Uh, work would still be done, but uh, the quality of it, uh, just because of what we know from science and from computing would make it to where that we could just exist. But, like, uh, I, I do believe like there will always be work done, and God love those farmers who are producing our food and those who are uh, with with the cows and uh, with the things that we eat, right? Uh, but, like, those people will always have to exist. But, like, this idea of, But like, they, won't, they won't always have to do their jobs. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. could always replace every single job by a machine. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Now, imagine... If we have this, this kind of technology that I'm talking about... Okay. Literally, nobody, nobody would ever have to work. And actually, governments wouldn't allow anybody to work. What would we do? Just go sit down and chill. I don't know. You would have, like, I don't know. You just do other stuff other than work. I mean, don't get me wrong. You would get paid anyways. This is what I'm talking about. I because mean, get, get paid now for, people get paid for what? Because it don't matter no more, right? This is this is a <laughs> classical thinking about work. Like you should work to get money, right? You work for money, correct? Now imagine if we have the power and the science to make everything automized. Everything is run by machines. Yeah. Now nobody's working. How would we get the money? Dude, we would get the money anyways because we have it. We actually create the money, right? So all the governments, all what they have to do is just distribute this money equally. So you would have this portion of money this month and you just have it. Do whatever you want. Well, I think at this talk, I mean, we wouldn't need a government. Like, uh, well, that's, that's another possibility. I don't know. I can't really speculate about the future. Predicting the future is so hard. But just yeah, we're fantasizing. Just ha- we're, yeah, we're yes. just having fun. Yes, we're just having fun about this. But I entirely agree. Yes, yeah. I don't think we need governments no more. No. Yeah. I mean, we like uh, the governance will return to the people. And I mean, people will just do yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's big, big world with so many possibilities I mean, this, once you this would just this kind like of blow the lid off of things and like the one thing that yeah i don't even want to, i'm not going there uh but just to stay on tack with quantum entanglement is of uh, i mean this is uh from the videos that you've shown me this is not the only thing that it's offering uh, as far as like the thumb up, thumb down, there's there's a little bit more to it, right? Yes, sir. I'm just I'm just trying to express it in layman terms. Yeah. But uh, as I said before this, I've sent you the email, in which you have three, I guess, YouTube videos, very simple. Yeah. Explaining I the can... stuff, uh, and you would have like so many more options and possibilities about this. Yeah, and but, just to, just to open those listeners up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's close this out with a little fun. Yes. Uh, dude. So, 
just questions for you. Three to walk it out the door. You just went to your first American theme park. Uh, you and I have to go together. Okay. Uh, we're probably going to go to Universal. And uh, we'll do that soon. Yeah. But uh, that's nothing to do with this question. <laughs> but uh, if there was anywhere in the world that you could go, where would you go? Like, just to visit, just to see. Like, I want to go, like, you know, like Alaska or somewhere where I could see, like, the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. On a good, yeah. clean night. Honestly like, where speaking, would you go? Honestly speaking, I cannot nail down one place and tell you I want to go there. Because I'm really interested in visiting... As much as possible? Yes, pretty much everywhere. But if you would go ahead and like <coughs> do a to-do list, like which is, you know, more important to do, I think... Uh, so many places, man. Oh, man. Let me tell you this. I mean, I'm in the U.S. right now. Yeah. Pretty much I can go anywhere inside the U.S. But uh, I want to visit Europe, right? Oh, I do too. I've, I've been to Europe for like four hours. What part? Is just flying? Just flying, yeah, in Germany. Yeah. Just four hours. But uh, definitely, I want to visit the UK, you know. Oh, I want to yeah. go over Me there. Too, dog. I want to go to Italy, Rome, oh, yes. I go to France, you know. I want to visit so many different places. What's the draw? What's what? What's the draw? What, 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 what would bring you to that place? Why do you want to go there? Well, mm, the people, you know, because I believe. It's not a matter of belief, actually. It's like, it's a fact so when you claim some part of on planet earth is a country like we call this part as a country mm. these people have definite and distinct characteristics of their culture do you think that about the united states i believe like everywhere do it everywhere so, right i just want to so, go there so like, and experience what they're doing, you know? So, yeah, I, I do too. But let me say this about the United yes. States, and I want your feedback on this, is because, like, dude, I'm a native here. And uh, I've traveled, I've, I've been to Central and South America. I've been all over the, uh, the Western Hemisphere. But the one thing that is astounding to me about where I'm from, the United States, is each state, or maybe each person, is just got a totally different idea about how the world works. Yeah, like, yeah, and and like which is true. Yeah, which is and, true. And so like it, I don't like the United States is such a anomaly, and I have no idea how it works. And that maybe it doesn't. I don't know, but it somehow <laughs> does. It's such a diverse, such yeah. a diverse. Community, but like when when know? I think about like other countries, like you know, like just for example for places i've been like guatemala like there is like a national heritage and like a distinction yeah. or el salvador or chile yeah or jamaica like like when you think about that place you know exactly how to think about it you can pinpoint it but like when you think about the united states you really can't put it on a map uh can you well, i mean you're me an outsider you're let an me outsider. tell you this let me tell you this i think i think the most Important characteristics about the U.S. are, and this is just from my point of view, the 
You know, everybody's encouraging everybody else to be free. You do have the free speech yeah. freedom. You know, you can always talk. Yeah. Other thing is... Uh, I have no idea what that means, by the way. Like, as let far me tell as you like this. not having the freedom. Because to... you, you're a native, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're a native. But... And when, I go, you, when I go to other imagine... countries, when I go to other countries, like I've had people like tell me like, you know, like these are leaders like leading me into other countries. Like this is missionary work. Yes. And be like, look, you cannot behave the same way you did there. Like, yeah. We are under their law. Yes. So it's, you must like, you know, just yeah. walk, just mm-hmm. walk next to the fucking wall. Oh, uh, yeah. And just, you know, be yourself. Keep a low like, profile. But like here, it's like, I'll do it. what I want. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing. Another thing is, um, it's more of uh, not getting very attached either to places or people. It's just like to go, you know? It's just like if you're, I don't know how to put this in words, but it is different. Like many people just choose not to leave their places, their countries. Okay, uh-huh. which is dumb, but anyways, it is incredibly dumb. But but, but anyways, uh, they just they're just you know stick with some ideas and ideologies that they don't want to change. So for example, if I started to be in a relationship, let's just name one specific example. Uh, you know, a relationship having girlfriend, mm. like if you. If you consider different parts of the world, it really works differently. In the here in the US, you always have the chance to try. Like you could go ahead and have a relationship and like after a while you would realize that oh no, this is not the right person for me. I'm leaving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not everyone across yeah. the world enjoys or entertains that mentality. Oh, yeah. A lot of time it's like uh, your parents choose and that's it is what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But one, but one thing about that that I respect, it typically doesn't end in a divorce. I mean, that but, is the way that it is. But I believe, I believe that everyone should have the freedom to experience and try enough for them to choose the right person. Okay. Okay, so like you would have, you know, several relationships because if you do, you now have enough experience. I mean, assuming you have information, yes, yes, exactly. Now you have enough experience to, you know, say that okay, this is this is right for me and this is not right for me. That's that's another point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, beside the traffic, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And yeah, no kidding. Of uh, man, just coming from Egypt, and uh, we we've talked about this on the first podcast, and like just how uh, you found like polite society was when it comes to like street traffic and all that. But um, uh, to take it to another level, maybe since you've went to Atlanta and New Orleans with Birdie, and just seeing uh, different cultures of america because like new orleans is very important uh to america and so is atlanta yeah like how would you uh 
break the two down, like they're so different. But they, I mean, they're both great. I think they I think, they have their their up and down side, right? I think I think I think one should experience this because I really don't know how to put this into words. Yeah, like you should go and experience this yourself. It's it's a one time experience that once you do it you realize that you know this is different in a way i'm not don't get me wrong it's not in a bad way yeah okay it's just different and you accept it but like in a chilly way yeah this is what i would say like yeah last question yeah before we walk it out the door are you ready what is it (laughs) Of, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? You're asking me this question, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Anywhere in the world right now, like... Right now. Let's just say you and I loaded up tonight. We got on a plane. Where would you go? You and me. Oh. If you wanted to show me something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so far, I would only choose from the places I know. Because I've been okay. I've let's been, let's do that. Yes. Let's let's do like give me an experience. Yes. And then let's you and I like just go somewhere that you just always wanted to go. So I take you to a very cool jazz bar in downtown Cairo. Oh Lord. Okay. Oh, come on. Man. You would yeah. enjoy this. You uh, would enjoy this. Okay. Oh, let's go. It's a very classy bar. And they do play good jazz music. They have good drinks. And yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, so that's that's you you and I are at a jazz bar in Egypt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So go ahead and answer the same question. Tell me. Don't tell me the princess. If I could if I could (laughs) if I could take you anywhere, yeah. Where would I take you? I would take you to Vigne del Mar, Chile. Okay. And uh it would be this time of year because it's summertime down there in the southern hemisphere. And uh, we would go down there and we would see those Spanish castles on the cliffs. And we would go to those uh, Chilean malls yeah. and look at all of the uh, heritage and culture that they love. They love shoes. Yeah. You and I both like shoes. Yes, we do. And so we do all that. And then, like, uh, just as far as wildlife, they got these great sand dunes that overrun the coast. They got black sand on that coast. That's one thing that I couldn't comprehend because I'm from, like, the, the Gulf Coast. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's all sandy beaches. This is, like, black sand and kind of rocky. It's very beautiful. And they also have sea lions and penguins. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think that uh, I, I would love to have, like, three to four days of us just down there just, like, taking all that in because like dude like my mind has still not gotten over just how beautiful that place was Mm -hmm. and uh number two if uh i could just get on a plane and go anywhere i i I think i'm partial to what you said earlier uh what i think i would probably go to the uk or i would go you know to europe yeah and just experience uh uh, the culture and the the history of those buildings and those people, and just like, dude, I would love for you and I just to do that, you know, and just to, you know, just 
like let's go into those bars let's let's go find some music and then like let's go to a museum and let's go to an art museum and let's just just do it yeah just do it up right? yeah yeah and it just yeah Yes, sir. If we could find a roller coaster too, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise we have these big roller coasters uh, in Asia, but yeah. I can't promise we have fun over there. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's another thing. I, I would, you know, I had a friend. Um, he was a foreign exchange student from South Korea, mm-hmm. Hokan Un. Shout out, buddy, if you're still out there. And uh, my 11th grade year in high school, I was uh, 17 years old. And he was too. And uh, there were three foreign exchange students. One was from China and the other one was uh, from Germany. And I really connected with Ho from Korea. I tried to connect with all of them. And uh, I tried to give them the same experience. But Mm -hmm. Ho was the only one that was really willing to uh, dive into like what I was trying to show him yeah and i give the same to you because like uh you've never turned me down i'm like when i invite you out to something unless you were just like busy or just held up you you were there like you know like i would take there's this show in columbus you have to go to like star and you remember that night yes we had a great time yes we did we did so like ho was that same guy right and uh never would turn down an experience and uh, when he left, he came back, not once, twice, hmm. to come see me. And uh, the, the second time he came back, he never saw the beach. So he got off the plane. We let him get him some rest, you know, the jet lag. We loaded up, and I took him straight to the beach. And, like, anything and everything that he wanted to do... We did it. Amazing. And like, cause I wanted him to have that. Yeah. And I wanted to to have that with him. Yeah. Right. Same same regard to you. Like, uh, I consider you a great friend. Same. And uh, like, uh, so the regard is, or the disposition or, uh, the proposition, however you want to put it, is exactly <laughs> the same. It's like. I would totally go over to Cairo. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and that is my biggest, uh, it's not a regret because it's not too late, but I haven't been to Seoul, South Korea to go see my friend from South Korea. And uh, Maybe we, we could go there. Maybe w- we could wouldn't go that there. be fun? Yeah. yeah. We just all just ball out? Yeah. He's got a family now and he's doing so well. He's very successful. That would be fun. He's, that would be he's fun. He's stupid smart, too. Okay. He's like a business guy too. He's like a wow. restaurant owner. Yeah. Oh, dude, like yeah, we would just have a ball. That would be dope. Yes. So maybe I that's agree. something that we could talk about. Yeah. But uh, okay, question three: Walking out the door is uh, with quantum entanglement. With what we were talking about tonight is let's just sci-fi up is where do you see quantum entanglement in the next 10 years? Does this, uh, because I, I recently saw that like uh, NASA or the U.S. government like 
shot a missile at Mars and like changed the correlation of it is like I don't know if quantum entanglement has anything to do with that but like as far as uh, interstellar does quantum entanglement how much does that deal with outer space well it's basically so quantum entanglement makes quantum teleportation feasible like as I said, we could... It's teleport. like Rick and Morty kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. You could exactly teleport information, like send information in a very fast way. Not faster than the speed of light, okay? Mm. Which is 300 kilometers per second. Which is ridiculously fast. But if you could do this, you wouldn't feel any kind of distance, Right, space would be just you know one hour ride. You want to text your friend who's like in the next galaxy, okay? So it would, or if I want to see my friend, it would literally. If I want to see my friend in South Korea, I could just do it. You could just do it, right? I mean, just imagine that if you're talking about space and like sending missions and things now. I wouldn't say this would happen in 10 years. This would happen definitely yeah. in more than 10 years. But let's imagine that now human, human, human beings are intergalactic. And instead of just being on Earth, they are now on different galaxies. Oh, you're opening up across, some things Across me, the universe, buddy. okay? You opened up a brand new question. Yeah. Yeah, so now if you imagine this, you could have like, and instead of like thinking classically about this, like, you know, strictly speaking, riding, taking your truck, riding from here to the next galaxy would take forever. Oh, hell yeah. Okay? Would literally take forever. We'd never get there. But if you want to use quantum teleportation, I like these fancy ideas I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's that's really manageable. You could do this. You could really do this. You know, just uh, just go. Yeah, just go. And hopefully, we'll get it down to where we don't just turn into mush. I hope so. Anything else to do? Well, no. I enjoyed this. Thank you for root. Yes, sir. We're out of here. between the dark and light of the moon It's the same distance between the right and wrong side of truth Haven't been a big fan of me what not to do Gives another sense of the scene Another whole lens to see through 
And I think maybe it isn't that bad to disappoint you. And I think maybe you might be half glad to know what I think too. Call me by name Say it's my fault Would you give me a break If I take one at all Say maybe it's it That I'm making it last Same reason I saw If I've seen it at all Seeing the best side of you Side of you, did you see the worst or the rest? Is there some right angle proof? And then it only hurts to confess what's left and seen by you. Haven't been a big fan of me Knowing what not to do And I think maybe It isn't that bad To disappoint you And I'd say maybe You might be half glad Know what I think too And you call me by name Say it's my fault Would you give me a break If I take one at all You say maybe it's sad That I'm making it last Same reason I saw I've seen it at all And you call me by name You say it's my fault Would you give me a break If I take one at all You say maybe it's sad That I'm making it last Same reason I saw If I've seen it at all Seeing the best side of you Best side of you The best side of you Best side of you the difference between the dark and light of the moon. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.